Hello, people of the planet Earth. It is that voice in your head again. The Stream of Random Podcast. Today, we were taking off the NPR show, and all of our sponsors dropped us. Because I dared, I dared say I was afraid of the government in the published episode yesterday. 418 from the 6th of August, and today is the 16th of August. We are 10 days behind on publishing. 10 days. We have a queue. Which is creating quite the interesting time lag. Yesterday's episode was only 10 minutes, cut down from an hour. Which is pretty crazy. 10 minutes from an hour. That's a lot of editing. But I had extensive show notes and links. I just Googled some links. I didn't actually read all the links. I actually have to go through now and follow up and read all of these links that I actually put in my show. It's going to be a huge, huge, excuse me, I got the hiccups. It's going to be a a huge task. (laughs) Go on pause here. All right. Hiccups. It's funny. My son had hiccups while in mommy's belly. He had hiccups and he has them regularly. I don't get them very often. And uh, check the show notes for links that I found on hiccups because Jamie is always Googling stuff for me, putting me in the show notes. I'm starting to get a, a whole process down and I'd like to tell you about my podcasting process now for editing shows. So first I use Audacity and I cut out all the car noises and the dead the dead uh, air. And then I mark the blocks of sound. I listen to it and I mark them with a heading with control B for labels. So I label the different blocks of, of, of the show, the segments. Now this is my new process. And then I wrote a little Python script to convert and I export those labels to a file. And in case I have to, in case I have to make a change, it's the labels. The, the one thing with, with Audacity is if you have to go back, once you've labeled everything, if, the, if you have to insert a clip that shifts everything over to the right, there is no tool for doing that. So I wrote a little Python script that will shift if, I, if the labels get out of whack and a clip and a, um, a, a label has a start and end time. It's between us, it's a segment. So if the segments overlap, the tool will. Um, calculate the overlap as a delta and then add that cumulatively to the rest of the episode. So if you have multiple deltas, it'll add those together as you go. And that works and produce a new label file that you can import back in. 
So I was quite happy with that. And that label processing tool now also will produce a .org file for me to edit. So then I go through and I edit my um, org file. And I'm still experimenting with the timestamps and how to include them. Right now I'm just saying subheading timestamp so-and-so. I think in the future I'm going to remove those from the... I'm going to remove the timestamps from the... Uh, subheadings because they bloat them yeah and I have it also outputting different file formats that I can use now for the hosting platforms rumble has only been getting me two or three views but I've decided I'm gonna still keep it because I hope that maybe through persistence it will pay off archive.org I haven't been updating it I mean I really should I have my um, scripts down for editing, and I even saved my video format. I just reused the same video project, copying it into different folders. So I'm slowly getting a routine now for doing all of this. It's not taking as long. And I'm definitely learning something. The important takeaway of my research into these graves, they're saying that they're basically... The formaldehyde is filling up... I think I might have mentioned this actually on yesterday's show. The formaldehyde is filling up the ground. There's a swimming, yeah, exactly. There's a swimming pool of formaldehyde turning the cemeteries into actual toxic waste dumps as opposed to places... Yeah, we talked about all this. I was just listening to Comic Trips, Strip Bloggers podcast. He has, have, he has one since April. I didn't pick up on it yet. Um, he does a review of artifi artificial. Uh, how does he pronounce it? Artificial. He has a Kent accent. And he's working on Kexit. He said, I guess the Kent exit. Anyway, uh, he's one of the No Agenda guys who actually followed me on Mastodon. So I'll give him a shout out and check out his podcast. It's called AI Cooking. And it's on Anchor. And I'll put a link in the show notes. But if you just search for AI.cooking on Anchor, you'll actually find it. Which is surprising. Because you can't find anything on Anchor. At least you couldn't previously. Now I discovered this fence surrounding the Naval Weapons Systems Lab. And I'm wondering... And here it ends. Look at that. I discovered a whole new area to walk in. And there's even a path here. It's kind of funny. Looks like someone has got some beehives or animal. They're feeding some animals or something back here. I don't know how much of I want to explore. This is pretty spooky. The path ends here. I'm going to go back. Let me check this other path along the fence. If it's navigatable. Navigable. Yeah. Oh well. But that's interesting. That someone's feeding animals back here. It has little homes for them. Little boxes. It's like a little homeless shelter for animals. So 
some weird shit goes on in the woods, let me tell you. In other, 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 other news, that's what he's doing. He's counting. Every time he has a news article, he adds another other. It's actually kind of annoying. Mr. Comic Strip blogger. <clears throat> maybe, <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but maybe you could just say other five, other six, other to the sixth. I think I tried this before. Oh my god, look at these mushrooms. Now these are some mushrooms. I'm gonna get a picture of these. This is some kind of compost bin. Someone's dumping grass here. That's some pretty good uh, fungus growing here. Now at this point, I'm not collecting these fungus. Fungi. Fungi. I'm just documenting them and I need to do some research and I should be adding those the types of fungus that I found fungi to my podcast in the show notes and it's funny how I think that my blog with the show notes is actually getting people to come to the um, podcast because it's on WordPress and a few people do actually read it so that's interesting. All these different statistics being collected. And I was thinking this morning, if we question all of the information that we have and where it comes from, and you look how much of what we know is actually from other people and how much of it is directly experienced by ourselves. On um, the last published episode, when I was editing, we talked about self-censorship and the lady was writing in the one article that self-censorship is good because it's going to stop people from being attacked like filtering out negative comments i'm no psychologist and i didn't read all those articles i even linked to so i don't know this is going to be any topic we talk about is going to be so deep and requires so much research except maybe talking about our experience and what we know. There's some very interesting yellow flowers growing here on the side, and I've been taking pictures of different plants that I see along my walks. They say sometimes you should be putting yourself out of a job. But what does that actually mean? And uh, what are you gonna do once you do that? What's your job gonna be once you put yourself out of a job? This is quite the overgrown forest here. Milkweed pods, some climbing vines covering. This vine is just taking over. This this poinsettia. Okay, here this is the. Um, it's just a fight for for light. Russian olives being covered by these climbing constricting vines, and a carpet, and other vines, other constricting vines, fighting for it. The five pointed ones we mentioned. In the last episode. It's pretty crazy how they're all trying to get sunlight growing out. I mean everything here is covered by vines. Like this tree here is covered by vines. We got all types of stuff. It's a real jungle. 
So I can talk about these plants that I see. I don't even know their names. But what do I need to know their names for? It's not like I'm going to eat them. Now this is a black walnut. We had these growing at our house. And you can eat them. It's quite the good looking tree. Two black walnuts. And their nuts kill other plants. And the canopy here is just crazy. It's so dense that no light gets through. The bottom underneath the, uh, in the underbrush, there's nothing growing. It's like there's a root system. It's like there's a root system in the air. The branches are pushing forward up to get sun. And that's their entire mission is to grow higher and higher to get that sun. We see everything as green on the outside, but inside, there's nothing growing. They've successfully pulled in all the sunlight, except here where I want to walk. There, there's gaps. I'm trying to find my way through this freaking path. Oh, there we go, the second path. The shortcut to the graveyard, to the rocking chair of life. I went to the website of this cemetery, and there's nothing there. Just a simple page, two pages. It says the cost is like $2,000 for digging a grave. Is that it? Is that the only cost? Is that forever? Like, how long do they keep it? How long do they keep a grave? There's some uh, plants growing here, some kind of flower. Looks like a weed. It's, um,. I wonder what this regulations are on tombstones. Like just getting a big ass boulder and throwing it on there, carving your name in it. Here they just have a 2014, 2019, they just have a wooden piece of plywood stuck in the ground with some Chinese letters on it. It's all very interesting. I don't understand. I don't know anything. It seems like part of my brain is disconnected. I just got up, jumped out of bed, found 6,000 steps so far. I guess it really doesn't matter how where I go. <clears throat> Except I'm not going to go into the bushes and get ticks and get all torn up. Here's some huge concrete, I guess it's a grave. And here's this one thing that grows in my garden. It's this huge plant, they grow so large. They're these big ass leaves and they start so small. <clears throat> yeah, I guess this is where they park the, uh, the graves before they're used. The coffins. Some nice tall grass here. So that's what we know about. It's not like this is any information that's interesting to you, though. You, the listener. It's like comic strip bloggers talking about artif artificial intelligence. And I'm just talking about things that I'm seeing and thoughts that are occurring to me. People say intuition is overrated. There's more dirt that they dug up. It doesn't look like very good dirt. But the plants seem to like it. They're taking over meadow birds. Oh, now that is a groundhog. That was a big-ass groundhog. Looks like a beaver. A giant rat. I saw a lot of turtles yesterday. 
on my walk. And I was so happy that I got to finally go over that bridge. 35,000 steps for a full circle. I guess I can reduce it a little bit because I doubled back a couple of steps. I'm going to optimize it next time and go the other way. Go over the Cadwalder Bridge first. Now, I wonder if they're going to ban interstate travel without being vaccinated. Are you going to be allowed to walk over the bridge? Are they going to have a checkpoint? The police officer is standing there saying, Where are your papers? I saw the bridge police officer. It was an old dude. And he rolled out his chair. You're not going to believe this, but he rolled out his chair. Oh, we got some Russian olives here. These look nice. <clears throat> he has this little office chair that he sits in all day long and never moves. And the police came. Ambulance came. I guess someone died or whatever. Something happened on the bridge. Look at these blue flowers. Okay, I'm going to document all these different flowers here. They look like a little vine that's strangling the other plants. Yep, it's even crawling over the ground. This looks like a smashed up gravestone of some kind. But to be fair, this dirt is being dug from different areas. You see there's different colors to it. you got red and yellow and brown dirt. Let's go check on these zucchinis over here, these squashes. I'm trying to identify what's growing. Oh, it's a pumpkin. That looks pretty good. So considering, considering that we have a limited mind that we don't know much. I'm not connected to the internet right now. I mean, I am, but I'm walking. So what can we, what can we know? And this gets into the question of def definitions. So mathematically, we can define something and then talk about it and have different rules for talking about it. And that is really the essence of the mathematical or logical problem. It's like, let's define some, some game that we can play in our mind while walking and going about our day. How much memory does it need to be solved? To think through all of, how much time do we need to think through all the permutations? And I can't help but think about algebra. We kind of went over that in the beginning, and I'm starting to work up my gumption, my gumption to tackle this question of algebra again. But I think we can think about it as a binary operations, a tree of binaries, well, two branches. And at the top of the tree, you have some equalities. You have left and right, A plus B. And then you can do operations on A and B. A plus C equals B plus C. So you can operate on A, as long as you do the same operation on B, it'll maintain equality. Now you're making the total heavier, you've gone from A to A plus C. Now C is the same. And then I guess you switch it around, you could say A 
minus b equals zero, which is like a rotation on the tree, where you're saying that they're the same value and they equal zero, a minus b equals zero. Now that is one of the horrible, that is one of the horrible uh, parts of algebra that I never liked, setting something equals zero. So we could just add one to it, and we could say a minus b plus one equals zero plus one. So now we've gotten away from zero, isn't that neat? And we've made this whole thing complicated. Boy, these people live right next to the uh, airport. So I guess there are, this is a language, and we can make statements about strings in this language. And then we can make statements about transformations, saying this string over here, with this operation done to it, equals this string over here. So we can go logically from one step to the next by applying rules. Now that is a dead bird. Finch. So we want a machine or a neural network. We want basically a machine that will validate whether or not some string applied, applying some axiom or some rule to some string will produce this new string. If one thing follows logically from the other, if this one entails that morning. This is quite the big uh, apartment complex, this whole little walk path around, which I've never been on. I've never really trespassed into other people's this little development. I guess they're private property. There's this huge hill here, as if they excavated something and then dumped all the dirt. But the nice thing is, by cutting through this development, I get to the other side without having to go on the street. And I have more shade. So that's nice. Look at fake flowers. Important reminder about pets. Let's see what the important notes are. All Christmas decorations have, have to be removed by January 7th. Only owners are allowed to have a pet. Renters are not. Dogs cannot exceed 35 pounds. Great. This is the place where they, they chain benches to the ground because people are stealing them. Owners are allowed to have dogs. Renters are not. So they have a two-class society. They have the owners and the renters. I guess they're not big into equality here. They're not seller, uh, they're not, um, no, there's a nice fungus, look at that. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. I guess my brain's not online yet. So we're talking about these rules of algebra and being able to determine if one thing follows from another. Look at the deer, they just jumped over, they destroyed this fence. We go around this way. I don't want to be walking across someone's window. That's a hawk feather right there. Okay, my phone's beeping at me. Who could that be? Okay, I'm going to take a break. An hour of talking shit with no topic at all. Okay, now, I decided to get some input. Listening to Lex Friedman, latest episodes. The Secret History of Psychedelics. I'm talking about God. I'll insert the clip here, but basically he said that the creator has poured himself into the creation 
and that inside of the creation you can become the creator again. So God has poured himself into the universe and he's contained in it and that we can then connect or become God inside that universe, inside of this universe. That we can find something more powerful in us while walking down the street. Pretty powerful idea. He's saying that we also have to unlearn things. Now, when reflecting over the situation, I've been focused this morning on what I see, what I know. I said my brain is kind of offline. And I'm kind of looking at the logical side of things. The logical side of things, the right hand, the left brain, is kind of empty. It can crunch numbers. It's the arithmetic arithmetic unit. The left brain is the arithmetic logical unit, but it needs data to work on. It needs to interact with the right brain. Seeing a possibility, the probability generator, the imagination together, and in unlearning things, and breaking down of things into their components, decomposing ideas. We're feeding the fungus of our mind, the destructive power of thinking, the critical power of thought that can destroy thought structures and break them down into simpler structures. Decomposition and recomposition of the mind. We talked, I mentioned that, the deconstruction and the reconstruction of self. So that's uh, pretty deep stuff. And I feel like I'm finally coming online finally waking up in the dream the veil is being lifted the fog is being lifted after an hour of walking around here all right okay so he was talking enumerating the things that Terence McKenna was talking about that these archons or these things that he's seeing in his DMT trips mushroom trip could be physical, elusive beings, like Bigfoot, but they could be free, they could be projections of the mind, mental energy that's not connected to the ego, or schizophrenic experiences, or that they could actually be real entities that we're communicating with. And, I mean, yes, I think that there is something there, that there is some kind of thing that we're communicating with, and I think it's the planet Earth. It's life that we're talking to, that is us, that created us, and that we can become, that we're part of this living thought process, and that I think that this thought process is just slow. The global mind ticks slower, yet unending. Like we talked about the generation of possibilities, permutations, and I think that we are part of that, but we're just getting faster, we're sampling faster and faster slices of time, trying to get more out of it. Okay, so he's saying that Terence McKenna was obsessed with language, and that the mushrooms, ingesting psychedelic mushrooms, develops a proto-language. Now, I've also been obsessed with this idea, or I guess this vision, or this realization, or this whatever, thought. And I had to go back and actually edit some of our episodes, our fungus chat episode. So there's a whole history of what we've been doing here, this podcast. Now, basically he was saying 
that language development is related to the fungus. And I'm saying that as well, that the transportation of ideas between people across time is related to the fungus. I mean, how is it that we even know anything from around us, these symbols transported across time? How does that even work? All right. Okay. So now, I don't know. I don't have an answer to this. I don't. I don't know semiotics, the actual creation of symbols, the ejection of spores, as I said, the pushing out of these episodes in the hopes of reaching other people's minds and infecting them as I was infected. Is that what it is? That I'm a carrier of a pathogen, of a mental virus. Something that is replicating itself over time, trying to just get itself going for whatever reason. And then I'm its host. Look at these plants, these amazing plants. I have to take a picture of these. Ruth Underwood was a member of Zappa's band. She played the xylophone and was amazing. And I have this song in my head from her, St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. But she also played on different song tracks, Inca Roads. I mean, she really lent her hand. Am I getting back on the main road here? Maybe I can include a clip. Hey yo, here's a special update from your friend Hacker Mike. My little math journal or notebook. And I'm starting to love this process that I'm creating, which is a stream of random thoughts, but then actually reviewing it with an analytic mind. Now I need to be careful that I don't overdo it in terms of loading up by just touching on topics and not going deep into them and then not researching into them and so forth. So everything we do can just draw us into a rabbit hole. A, turn this car, a rabbit hole. Wow, see how much quieter that is, that engine noise? I'm just sitting here waiting for my son. Okay, I think that I'm slowly getting the mathematical mindset and we touched upon it on this morning's walk. So I was listening to Lex Friedman talk to this guy about the thousand mind theory and how the mind has some basic classification algorithm multiplied by a thousand or ten thousand and this basic modeling system and this modeling system is the what i'm calling the probability estimators i'm thinking that and the models are either good fitting well fitting or not well fitting overfitting or underfitting i need to go back and get all my books and read them again but my mathematical mindset is that right brain, left brain. So the right hand, left brain is the analytical, the algebraic, arithmetic, arithmetic, logical unit that is locked down to a problem that it can handle, that it can bite down into and solve with brute force. And the left brain, left hand, right brain is the fuzzy brain that deals in probabilities and possibility, conspiracies and ghosts and demons and phantoms and all of that that's not really logical well today when i was going on my walk i felt my brain slowly coming online and it was a long process and it's a slow awakening that i'm going through as well 
They say some people have genius and other people work hard. I think I'm actually now committed to working hard because I don't have the genius in my math. I don't have that left brain hyper analytical super memory that would make me a rock star in math. I've got issues in remembering things and getting myself confused. I have to work harder. So in acknowledging that I have to work harder and respect of that, I have to I have to put myself onto this path of learning the math and I'm going to um, commit myself to doing that now. I haven't been doing it. I haven't been practicing and I I have a million excuses, but Jocko wouldn't accept them and neither would Gino or any of these testosterone guys. I need to push myself and commit myself to making it happen. But I think I finally have the right mental attitude or the right model, which was kind of missing. And even if I don't have the right model, I have the willingness to find the right model and to put in the work, discard bad ideas. He said that one of the guys today on, on the show, he, I think it was Lex's show, he said that when you remember something, then you store a new copy of it. So every time you think of something, you have a chance to rework it, to make it better, to overwrite. It's like every time you spend your Bitcoin, you're writing a whole new block of Bitcoin. So if your wallet doesn't work properly, then you really can mess it and lose your whole, all of your unspent coin. In any case, I'm rambling here, but it's good to let it flow, to let it out. And I do believe in this project. And who else was saying that, Lex was also saying in the episode before, that the mind is like a faucet. You have to let it run and let it run until it runs clean. And that's also what we're doing here. And I guess what was missing was this review process. Because now that I'm indexing the shows and actually listening and writing the show notes, even if they're not perfect, now I've got the timestamp so I can go back and I can pull in segments in the future. And at least I have a starting point. I have a starting point for a future post-process and create a clip show. I want to create a show, for example, on the topic of podcasting 2.0. But also... I have my comments on podcasting to point out on Adam Curry. And the one thing is, is that everything is fantastic with him. I've sent him lots of my ideas, but my ideas aren't jazzy. And often I'm understated or messy and not practice in being super cool and super sexy and all that. So, you know, the formatting of my stuff is not necessarily in such a way that people want to be associated with. So what I'm going to do, I think, for also for the stream of random, is I'm going to work on actual episode art that contains the website, contains the addresses, and also I'm going to buy a domain. Even if it just redirects to the blog, I don't care. I'm going to buy a domain that I control. I'm going to share that finally. And what else? Well, I guess it's all about the the finiteness and the connection between finite and infinite. I think my kid is waiting inside. I told him to come outside. He never listens to me. Okay, guys, I gotta go. Feed the fungus, 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 fe